Some of y'all know the deal. There's about five of you that know what's getting ready to happen. Some of the rest of you are practicing your up and down today. In your Bibles, Isaiah 64. Stand with me for the, out of respect to the reading of God's Word. How many of you had a great Thanksgiving? Now, confession is good for the soul. How many of you ate too much? You can stop playing, Tony. You told me earlier you ate too much. Okay, hands are up. Both hands are up. Great Thanksgiving weekend with family. But as the Lord has dealt with my heart, preparation for today, in the midst of all the craziness, He wants to turn our attention to 23, 2023. And so, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk about another visitation. I'm going to read Isaiah 64. Follow along with me, if you would. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. As when the melting fire burneth, and the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. When thou didst terrible things which we looked not for, thou camest down. In other words, he's talking about in a pastime. The mountains flowed down at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither has the eye seen, O God. Beside thee, what he has prepared for them that wait for him. Thou meetest him that rejoices and works righteousness. Those that remember thee in thy ways. Behold, thou art wroth, for we have sinned in those is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteous, uh, righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. There is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay. Thou art potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. Be not wroth, very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, see, we beseech thee, we are all thy people. Thy holy cities are a wilderness, Zion is a wilderness, Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and our beautiful house, where our fathers praised thee, is burned up with fire, and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Wilt thou refrain thyself for these things, O Lord? Wilt thou hold thy peace and afflict us very sore? God, we need another visitation. Would you pray with me today, Father? We come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I'm asking you right now that every holiday distraction would be removed. And we would focus and prepare our hearts for 23. There's something stirring within this pastor's heart. 
something that, that God, you're, you're dropping into my spirit as the under-shepherd of this church, that there is some significant things on the horizon with God's people consecrating and committing themselves to the Lord. And so, Lord, I'm asking you today to help me articulate and communicate the Word of God in demonstration and in power. Do send another visitation to us. We pray for it. We believe for it. We'll commit to it. And we thank you for it in Christ's name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Another visitation. It should be the cry of our heart that the Lord would send down the rain, the spiritual rain from heaven to refresh our souls, to transform us from the inside out. It's an absolute must. It has to be present. There is no such thing as I just want to have enough salvation to get to heaven, but live the way I want to live. That's not the way it's set up. Every day, we are to hunger after the things of God. Our prayer should be, oh God, you said, behold, I will do a new thing. And now we await your visitation. You see, when God brings another visitation, souls are delivered. Bodies are healed. The captive are set at liberty. And I have prayed Isaiah 64 and 1 many, many times. I've prayed it standing on this stage. I've prayed it in my private prayer time. Oh, Lord, that you would rend or tear the heavens and come down in our midst. Father, we know you have come down in yesteryear. We've heard the testimonies and the stories of miraculous manifestations in times gone by. But we are hungry for a move of God today. A move of God now. But then when we make that statement and that declaration, then we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we really prepared for another visitation from God? We say we want a visitation from the Lord. We want an interruption from heaven. But are we really prepared for the effects that come with that visitation? In this chapter of Isaiah, we see four different effects of another divine visitation. The first thing I want to point out to you that we see in this chapter is that when God brings another visitation, it will come with it its own publicity. It will bring its own publicity. Again, oh, that you would tear the heavens that the mountains might flow down at your presence. There's something striking to me about the highest mountains in the world melting and flowing down at the presence of the great creator. What an effect just by his presence alone. You see, one of the great temptations that we have uh, that to challenge is the temptation as believers to help God out. We want to assist God. We feel like that we know how to fix some situations, and if God would just listen to us, 
Uh, you know, and, and we Pentecostals especially, we charismatic, spirit-filled folks, if, if, we're, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll try to energize something in the flesh. We'll try to get something going. We'll try to stir up the proverbial spiritual uh, pot. And, and it's, a, it's a temptation that, that this Pentecostal, as well as many in this room, we have, to, we have to fend off because we somehow think God needs our assistance for his revealed presence to be complete. But I want to tell you something today. God is a complete God. And when God comes down, He doesn't need any help from mankind. When God comes down in our midst, it will be well known that God is present among His people. <clears throat> Let me share with you a couple of things that's happened to me over the years being in Pentecostal worship. I well remember a service many years ago, and, and I remember going to a service first time at this particular church, and, and there, was a, there was a whole lot of movement. There was a whole lot of movement. We, we would start out singing a song while we, were, while we were sitting down and every single song, every single song before the song was finished, the people were dancing in the aisles and, and moving and shaking and grooving. And, and, and I sat there as a, as a spirit-filled believer. Here was the problem. The problem was I sat there a spirit-filled and, and I didn't feel anything in the spirit. It was, it was programmed, it was, it was routine, it, it was dead, and, and, and I thought to myself, what these folks really need to do is, is just, they need to just kind of sit down. They just need to sit down. They just need to sing the songs of Zion and get into worship and get into praise and get into lifting up the name of, of Jesus and, and, and let the Lord come down in the midst of his people. I, I'm convinced that, that, that uh, this is the kind of stuff that brings a reproach upon the Pentecostal movement. I'm as emotional and active and moving as the next Pentecostal. I, I believe in the demonstration. I believe in being animated in my worship, if you haven't figured that out already. And I, I don't mind. I don't apologize for it. But the truth of the matter is, there is a specific difference between genuine fire from heaven and wildfire that comes from man. That's the truth. I was in a service not too long ago where we were, we, we had just started service. I was a guest in this particular church. We were just in the first song. We had barely gotten into the first song. And in the beginning of the first song, a dear sister starts running laps around the church. And you know, it really threw me off when I saw she had tennis shoes on. Because I thought to myself, she came for her cardio tonight. I stood there and I'm like, I barely got into worship. Am I missing something here? In just a few moments after the service had started. And, and again, they're, 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 this is the kind of thing that, that causes people to scratch their heads and look down upon and, and criticize the Pentecostal uh, charismatic church. And Because what happens if, we, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll begin to, to feed off of our carnality and keep going and going and going. And, and some people just need to run out of their carnal emotional juices and just let God come down upon them with another visitation. A genuine visitation from the Lord. Let me show you this morning. The scripture is very clear. When God makes a visitation, the publicity that comes with it. We read in Psalms 18 verse 6 through 10 tells us that God bowed the heavens and came down and darkness was under his feet. 
Micah tells us in his book in the Old Testament that the Lord was coming forth out of his place. And when the Lord came forth out of his place, the, the mountains were melted under him and the valleys were cleft or torn apart. And the Bible tells us that Ezekiel, when he had another visitation from the Lord, it left him on his face in the presence of Almighty God. We read that Daniel, when he had a visitation from the Lord, it, made, it literally made him sick uh, to his stomach. We read in Exodus when God came down there were there on Mount Sinai there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud up on the mountain and the voice of a trumpet that was exceedingly loud and the scripture says all the people that were in the camp trembled let me just stop here and tell you ask you the question when's the last time that we were in church together and everyone in the room was affected by the presence of the Lord oh that's what I want to see happen that's what I want to see take place that we come in and we get so much into worship that all of a sudden God says you know what I see them in one mind, in one accord, in one place. And the Spirit sends down a special dispensation just to minister to us in our time of unity. Can it happen if it happened on Mount Sinai when the presence of God came down and all the people trembled? I'm telling you, I'm looking today at people that can be candidates for God to come down where everybody in the room is affected. I'm telling you, it can happen. It can happen when God's people say, you know what? It's all about you, God. It's all about your glory and your honor. You read in the book of in, in, uh, when God visited the temple that Solomon had built for him. The scripture says the priest could not even go inside because of the glory of the Lord that filled the house. Job had a, another visitation from God. God came down in a whirlwind and Job fell on his face and he said, I abhor myself. I'm telling you if the post of heaven in heaven's temple in Isaiah chapter 6 shook at his voice simply shook at his voice he does not need our assistance at his manifested presence what we need is the manifested presence of God more than we ever have before not just a sprinkling I'm praying oh God break up the fountains from the deep I'm praying oh God open the windows of heaven over the Pulaski church of God family until we're all affected by his presence with his uh, publicity. God, shake this place. For when you shake this place like you did in Isaiah chapter 6, You'll be like Isaiah was when he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. I dwell among a, uh, an unclean people, and I have unclean lips. When you have an effective move of visitation like Isaiah did in Isaiah chapter 6, you won't have a problem getting people to do ministry. Because he said, Here am I. Send me. Are you getting the message this morning? That's what the effect of another visitation will do to the child of God. We'll get off our hands of do nothing and say God let me do something in the kingdom of God to make a difference why because I've had a visitation from the throne room of heaven oh Holy Spirit help me today so what we do is we prepare the atmosphere and worship and then we stand back and watch God move let me tell you the second thing effect of another visitation another visitation will not only bring its own publicity but another visitation will make his name known now this is important 
in the church age of celebrities. Verse 2 said, Come down so that your name will be known to your adversaries. Sometimes a preacher is used. Occasionally a saint is used in the gifts. Sometimes there's a song that is selected and sung and anointed. Sometimes someone is just obedient. Hello? Those of you all that have been around as long or longer than I have in the Pentecostal church, y'all remember those days, don't you? When it wasn't just what happened from the pulpit, but it was also when God moved in the pew. It's that time when you felt that churning to go ask so-and-so if they needed to go to the altar and pray. Y'all remember those days? And if the person rejected you and said, nope, I'm not going to the altar, then at least your palms would quit sweating and your heart would quit beating so fast. Because prior to you being obedient... You were holding on like a sinner that was under conviction. You were already saved, but the Holy Spirit was dealing with you to be obedient in the service. (laughs) Am I still in a Pentecostal church? I'm just checking. But when all these things happen, if we're not careful, we're tempted to go out thinking, boy, was I in tune with the Spirit today. If we're not careful, we'll say, look at me. Look what I have done. You know those folks. Once, you know, they'll stand up and testify. Once again, God, little g, has used me, big letter M, to do something wonderful. <laughs> None of y'all ever met those folks. Truth of the matter is their ego has gotten larger than their calling. I feel I need to share this today for everyone in the room. Leaders, staff, attenders, worshipers, everyone. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. I'm going to let you in on something you may have never considered. Because while you, I don't understand why God won't answer my prayer. I don't understand why he won't bring me my miracle. You tell us from the scripture, pastor, that if we ask, it shall be given. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, it shall be opened unto us. We understand the promises of scripture. But let me tell you something else. You may not, you may have not allowed this to click, but I'm going to tell you some other words of Jesus. He said, ask and you shall receive That the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know what that means? That means when God answers your prayer, it's not so you'll feel better. When God answers your prayer, it's not that your child, it's not because your child will get saved. When God answers your prayer, when he provides that financial miracle, when he brings about the healing in that relationship, when he does what he does, it's for one purpose and one purpose alone. Not for your comfort, not for your convenience, but it is for the glory of the name of Jesus. 
What are you telling us, preacher? I'm telling you maybe you need to back up and maybe you need to start praying. Oh, God, I need this miracle not for my comfort, not for my convenience, not so that my bills will be paid, not so that my family will be in one accord. I need this prayer answered so when it is answered, I can give glory and honor to the name of the Lord. We need another visitation. I feel like I need to stay here for a little bit longer. Is that all right? I saw a post the other day and I liked it. Really helped me. Came at an opportune time. This is what it said. It said, when people speak good to you, don't let it go to your head. And when people speak evil to you or mean to you, don't let it go to your heart. That didn't originate with me. But I certainly see the value in sharing it. People speak evil to us, it throws us off. Man, you got to get so rooted and grounded in Christ that it's like water off a duck's back. When people speak good to you and that pride and that ego starts to rise, you have to be so grounded in Christ that you immediately deflect off the glory and give it to the Lord. We need another visitation that only the name of Jesus can receive the honor. We need another visitation that will make the name of Jesus known in the church and in the community. We need more Acts 10 experiences. Now again, I know that, and I'm thankful for all of you in this room, and I know some of you have only been saved a little while, you're new believers, and you're still trying to figure out this Pentecostal stuff. I'll just go ahead and tell you, there was a time in the church years ago when the Spirit of God would fall early in the service and the preacher wouldn't get a chance to preach. God had other plans. Come on, y'all nod at me. There's people all over this room that have been in those services. I used to be the one, Dan. You're, you're a retired pastor. I used to be the guy when I was a layman. I said, boy, God really moved today. The preacher didn't even get to preach. Until I became a preacher. And then when we had those services and somebody go by, wow, that was awesome today. Preacher, you didn't even get to preach. Well, you could take that the wrong way, couldn't you? But I'm telling you, I miss those times. And Holy Spirit, help me. I miss those times. We've gotten so programmed. We've gotten so dictated to. We know when the songs are supposed to end. We know, we know when the offering's supposed to be taken up. We know when the, the preacher better finish his sermon. Am I telling the truth? We've gotten programmed. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you while I'm good and deep right here. We've gotten even more programmed when we left that dining hall and came into this sanctuary. Yeah. 
You can deny it. You can say, nah, nah, it's just, no, no. We let the size of this room mess with our head. We let the amount of people sitting in the pews mess with our head. I'm telling you, there's not a soul in this room that is more important than my eternity. There's not another one's opinion that's more important than me having an encounter with God. And I would to God a hunger and a thirst would get hold of every soul in this house. And when you come into the house of God the next time, you come in and say, no matter what anybody does, I'm going to hunger and thirst after a move of God for my life. I need another visitation. The effects, these are the effects of another visitation. Another visitation will bring its own publicity. Another visitation will promote the name of Jesus. Here's another one. Another visitation will challenge play church believers to quit playing around. Hmm. Verse 6, we are all as an unclean thing. And all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Not unrighteousnesses. All of our righteousnesses compared to, to his holiness. <laughs> One writer said, if our righteousness is filthy, what must our sins look like to a holy God? Can I just talk plain today? I'm going to anyway. You might as well say amen. I didn't get an amen from anybody on that question. James writes in his book, and he says, To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. I'm afraid that we have focused so much upon things that we shouldn't do that we have neglected things that we should do. We've settled for a five-minute devotional on our phone instead of daily time in His Word. We've gone from every time the doors are open being in God's house to once or twice a month and calling ourselves faithful attenders of God's house. Too many will give their money to the chunky guy in the big red suit this season than to the king born in a manger for your salvation. Prayer has been relegated to a few minutes before consuming our food. And the, the list could go on. Shepherds, <laughs> shepherds that want to be a shepherd. They want to be a shepherd after God's own heart. God said, in one of the prophets, he said, I'm going to give them shepherds after my own heart. And that's been a prayer of mine for the last several months. Well, when you pray that kind of prayer as a shepherd, get ready. I am a shepherd. But you will still want. I can't make you to lie down in green pastures. I cannot lead you to still waters. I cannot prepare a table before you. But like the old song says, I know a man who can.
Our homes need another visitation. Our marriages need another visitation. Our church needs another visitation. We need God to do a deep work within us, not a shallow emotional work. Over 30 years nearly of pastoring, I've dealt with people that could shout in the altar one week and were ready to commit suicide the next. Something's wrong. The scripture says the spirit searches out the deep things of God. There's a deep work he wants to do. And I, I pray like you do, God, to shake the sinners so they run to the altar. Make it so strong that they either run to the altar or they run out the door. Not because of how animated the preacher is or how loud the music is or what the song selection was. Or, but simply because the visitation of the Lord is so heavy in the house. But I tell you what we need even more than that. We need God to shake some professing Christians. Jesus said, they draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Far from me. I don't want to be far from God. I want to be close to God. A visitation, another visitation will bring its own publicity. Another visitation will make the name of Jesus known. Another visitation will cause people that are lukewarm to catch on fire. And fourthly and finally, another visitation will leave us crying out, God mold and shape our lives. We will quit praying, God, I need you to start blessing my plans. And we will start praying, God, let me be a part of your plan. Not, not God, this is what I want you to do. But rather, God, what do you want me to do? I believe the Father tires of our personal agendas. When Paul wrote, he said, we're co-laborers together with God. That doesn't mean God comes alongside of us, right? That means we come alongside of God. Come down, Lord, like you came down. Send us another visitation. I'm willing to accept the effects. Now, I'm getting ready to close, but you stay with me just a few more moments. There must be consecration. There must be commitment. There must be devotion. If you really want a move of God, there's a price to be paid. And so I'm calling the Pulaski Church of God to revive 23. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. I know it's right in the middle of Christmas. 
but I'm just doing, I'm just being obedient. Revive 23. And this is how it's going to work. At the beginning of each quarter next year, January, April, July, and October, there are going to be very special spiritual emphasis. But it's going to take your commitment. I believe wholeheartedly with your hunger and your complete commitment to these initiatives. God will bring another visitation to your home and your family like you wouldn't believe. First, I'm calling our church to one week of fasting and praying the very first week of 2023. January 2nd, a Monday through January 8th. There are people sitting in this room and watching online. You don't even know what fasting is. I'm going to tell you what it is. Fasting is simply this. Sacrificing physical food. Sacrificing nourishment. To draw closer to God. There's three. I'll give you three simple ways to fast. On that Monday through Sunday. One. A complete fast. That means that on some days of the week, as many days as you feel led, you have water and juice, and that's it. Then there is a Daniel fast, which means that you only have fruits and vegetables. You can find that in the book of Daniel for the days or for the week. And then there's a certain meal fast, which means giving up certain meals during the week. Maybe instead of having three meals on a given, on, on the days of that week, just having one meal a day for that seven-day period. <clears throat> Starts Monday, January 2nd. It's completed on Sunday, January 8th. And you need to hear this. You're praying about some things. And some things are not taken care of except through fasting and praying. Some mountains are not moved except through fasting and praying. I'm being very deliberate here. Second, in April, the week of Palm Sunday, I'm going to push for commitment like I never have since I've been here. April 2nd through April 5th, we will have a New River Valley camp meeting with our general overseer, Tim Hill, and our former general overseer, Mark Williams, both tremendous preachers of the gospel. We will have two nights of services here. And two nights of services at the Fort Chisel Church of God. In addition to that, on that Good Friday night, we're still going to have a Good Friday service. I don't know if I can commit that much. Well, you need to go study the week that Jesus had before he died on the cross for your sins. It's going to be a great time. I'm looking for every single seat to be filled. 
going to be open to our community, open to our region. And I believe both houses will be packed. Third, in July, we're going to have a three-day prayer chain here at the church, Monday through Wednesday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We're going to look for people to come into this sanctuary Monday through Wednesday and commit 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour of prayer so that for 12 hours, three days in a row, there's no interruption of prayer in this very room. We're going to saturate this room with our prayers and our faith. And then we're going to do something that some of us haven't done in years on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a foot washing service. You say, man, what is that? Some of you are asking right now, man, that man has lost his mind. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And let me tell you something about foot washing. It is very humbling to serve. It would be very humbling for me to wash Pastor Dan's feet. But it's more humbling for me to allow Pastor Dan to wash my feet. I don't know everything that's going to happen, but I believe God's going to honor it. And this is the way it works. We get pails. The men go one direction. The ladies go the other. We have some worship music, sing some old hymns of the church, and we wash one another's feet and pray for one another. It is one of the most powerful experiences. If you've never done it, it's one of the most powerful experiences that you will ever be in. I've seen addictions broken off of people because we're humbling ourselves down. And Jesus said, as I have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. And then fourth, in October, on the first day of October, we will have a revival for the day with Josh and Ashley Bowman. If you're not familiar with their ministry, you do not want to miss the ministry of this husband and wife team. It's going to be a tremendous day in the Lord. Now, when you leave today, because I know some of y'all's memories about as good as mine, you get one of these bright yellow sheets on the way out. Do not fold it up and put it in your Bible. Put it on a mirror, put it on a refrigerator, put it somewhere conspicuous. I'm here to help you this morning understand. God wants to bring a transforming visitation to your life, your home, your family, your church, your ministry. But it's going to take some consecration and some commitment on your part. And if you will, if you will, you've got the next five weeks to pray about it. If you will, give yourself to this. This time next year, we will share testimonies of how God did miraculous things in our midst as a result. Stand with me if you would. It's still early. 
And so I'm going to ask for every believer in this room to join me around this altar. Quickly. Come on. Quickly. More than a pay raise, you need another visitation. More than a healing in your body, you need another visitation. More than a new toy, a, a new trinket. More than what anybody could give to you this Christmas, you need another visitation. We're not going to take long here, but I want everyone that can come. Fill up the aisles. If this, if this word has resonated with you, my God, I sense your spirit. If this word has challenged you, this is a prayer of consecration, commitment. My Lord. I'm telling you, I feel like this is a turning point for the Pulaski Church of God. I really, really feel it in my spirit. You're in a Pentecostal church. We don't mind lifting our hands. Don't be bashful here. If you really want a divine move of God in every aspect of your life in 23, I want you to lift both hands to the Lord right now. Lift both hands to the Lord. <laughs> Say, God, send another visitation. God, send another visitation. Send a visitation to my physical body. I got a tumor that's got to go. Send a visitation to my marriage that needs to be healed. Send a visitation to a relationship with one of my children that needs to be restored. My grandchildren. God, send a visitation. We want the effects of another visitation. Come on, lift up your voice. With those hands raised, lift your voice to the Lord right now. Come on, let him cry aloud. Spare not, the scripture said. Lift your voice like a trumpet. If you're really sincere right now, would you just cry aloud to the Lord? Father, hear my cry right now. Hear the begin today sin will be put down sinful practices will be done away with and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus will be our practice my Lord my Lord send a visitation send a visitation send another visitation oh thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost Reach over and grab the hand of the person next to you on both sides and lift those joined hands to the Lord and begin to pray for your church right now. Begin to pray for your pastor right now. Begin to pray for your pastoral staff right now. God, we need a visitation. We need a visitation in the Pulaski Church of God. All too many of us have settled into business as usual. This preacher needs a, another visitation. This music minister needs another visitation. Our youth ministry needs another visitation. Our children's ministry needs another visitation. Oh, God, make your name known. Oh, dear Jesus. We'll 
we'll pay the price. Father, we'll pay the price. We'll get the attention of the cherubim and the seraphim, but more than anything else, we'll get the attention of the throne room of heaven. And it will result in a dispensation of your spirit like we've not known. Hmm. Lord, during this period of consecration in 2023, clean the junk out of our homes. Clean the junk out of our social media. Clean the junk out of our refrigerators. Clean the junk out of our cabinets. My Lord. My Lord, my Lord. Come on, worship a holy God right now. Lift your hands to him. Worship a holy God right now. In our wretchedness, Lord, we still acknowledge that you're holy. We still worship you in the beauty of holiness. Mm. Thank you, Jesus.